great to be able to just exalt Jesus. Huh? What a great privilege we have that you and I, with our heart and with our lips, can do things that open up heaven and bring heaven into earth. What an amazing thing. Right? With your heart and your mouth, you can bring heaven to earth. Or hell, of course, you can bring hell to earth as well. You know, you've got to choose on that one. But oh, if only we would just understand the power of agreement, the power of our heart agreeing with God and beginning to declare what God says is true. It opens a doorway through which the life of God can flow. Wonderful Jesus, we are in agreement, Lord, today that heaven will invade earth, that your presence will invade our lives. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Whoa, wow, I'm just enjoying God. We've had a wonderful weekend. If we just keep the lights down, I need to turn them all up. We had a wonderful weekend with uh, God touching young people and get Steve to come up and just share just what he saw happening there and how he saw God touch young people. And, uh, you know, it's just in all my years, you know, growing and, and what I never saw God move, never saw anything. Went to schools that taught about God, and went to church that taught about God, but never, ever, ever in my young years growing up, in 20, 30 years almost, never saw God move. I look at these young ones here, and they're not only seeing God move, they're actually experiencing Him and encountering Him. I thought, all oh, the privilege to be part of a new generation that can access the presence of God. What great thing to be in a church that God comes to. You know, how we just love His presence. You've got to love the presence of God. To love His presence is to love Him as a person. And a lot of people, God is sort of out there and impersonal, but He wants to be personal. Eh? And so he told us, Jesus made two promises, or some promises before he, he ascended into heaven. He promised we'd never be alone. We'd never be an orphan. We'd never be abandoned. We'd never be on our own. We may experience time when people abandon us. We may experience difficult circumstances in life. But he promised, I will not leave you an orphan. I'll not leave you without someone to parent you. And then he promised he would pour his spirit into our life that we would be joined to the Holy Spirit and then become empowered by the Holy Spirit to fulfill an eternal destiny, a purpose and assignment of God. What an amazing thing. Boy, that's got to be great. Now, that beats anything the world's got to offer, to have something that lasts for eternity. Today, I was hearing about family members and all the nice houses they're building and everything, and I thought, oh, I'd love them to see the house I'm building. <laughs> Now, their one will go up and smoke, but this one will go on forever. Right? It'll go on forever. A house where Jesus is welcomed and celebrated. A house where his presence come and miracles happen. Oh, that's the house we're building. The house of the living God, an eternal house that lasts forever and ever and ever. And I read the end of the book, and it says, That house shall come from heaven into the earth. And every nation shall see it. And the glory of that house shall be greater than anything that's ever been seen. That's what we're building. That's great. You won't get excited about things like that. Get a vision for building something great. Anyway, Steve's going to tell us. I'm just enjoying God. I need to get Steve up. Come on, tell us about what God's been doing. Oh, I tell you. Man, we had such an awesome weekend. And, uh, you know, every camp that we have is, is, is just totally awesome. But uh, I'll tell you, this one was, man, it would have to be, um, we called it Supernatural Kids Camp, because we said to Pastor Mike, we said, well, you're coming, and I don't know if you can do any clowning or, or puppets or anything like that, but one thing I do know is that Pastor Mike is awesome when it comes to the supernatural. So, uh, so we said, Pastor Mike, just do what you do. And, uh, and so, uh, I'll tell you, man, on the Friday night, you know, we had everything over the whole weekend from uh, kids who, um, you know, were vomiting, kids who had blood noses, one child had to go back to the medical center because they'd injured themselves. And, uh, and we had other kids encountering and seeing open visions. So, uh, so it was an awesome weekend, and it had, had everything. So, uh, so that's always a sign of a good camp. And uh, so, um, so, but no, but in all seriousness, on the Friday night, we had, uh, we had the worship team come out, and uh, they also came out on the Saturday night. And it was just such a privilege to have just this awesome worship team out there leading the kids into the presence of God. And I just... Man, I, I honestly, I just want to really uh, honor Pastor Kate and also Andy who, uh, who just sacrificed their time. You know what? They brought out their core team. And they said, man, we're bringing out the best of the best. And, uh, and so they all came out, man. They we just went hard. They just rocked on. And I tell you, that really set the platform for what happened over the weekend. And uh, I mean, cities are great, but uh, 
nothing like a live band, you know, just bringing the anointing and kids just getting smashed. And, and so they, they just flowed into worship and uh, honestly, man, they got nailed. And uh, they, they, we just flowed into worship and uh, then I got up and just picked it up and just spoke about God's love. And then I opened my eyes and all I could see was just kids everywhere, just with their hands raised. And this is seven-year-olds to about 12, hands raised, just tears just flowing down their face because they're encountering the love of God. You know, some of these kids come from homes that are broken. Some of these kids haven't experienced love, you know, from in the natural. But man, we're at that, on that night, the very first night, they encountered nothing but the love of God. And it was, as, and it was once they encountered the love of God, man, I, I just honestly, I had to hold back the tears and keep it together. And uh, just, just because, well, you know, because, <laughs> you know. And uh, really? <laughs> and so... Uh, easy and uh so you know it was just it was a all right there was a tear that came down you know, hey. yes and so uh so that was awesome then we handed over to pastor mike and man he just got up there and he just flowed you know so one thing i love about pastor mike is that he will flow with what the spirit of god's doing whereas you see some of the other ministers they'll come in and then they'll just get into a message and uh, he just picked it up from there man and he pulled different kids out you know just prophesied over them and just spoken to them and uh and, and I was speaking with Pastor Mike before and said, man, did you realize that a couple of the kids that you spoke for, did you realize they were these kids? And he said, not right then. Because, man, the words he was speaking to them about were so sharp, just exactly where their backgrounds are, where they were, what they were coming out of. And just, you know, from kids that just had no love, other kids who were struggling at school. And, and just we, just, we just ended up having the whole altar just full, full of kids just totally just crying and, and just, just being healed and touched with the love of God. It was so powerful. You know, it was so powerful just to see how open they were. And the, and the awesome thing was, was that it didn't take a meeting, you know, to get the kids warmed up, that they were right there, right away, right at the start. And, uh, and so, you know, and then, and then we just flowed on from there. And then after, at the end of that, you know, man, there was just, there was such a laughter of God and the joy of God there. It just, you know, it's better. All 80 kids just on the floor just cracking up with the Holy Spirit. And uh, it was so great. It was so funny that come the Saturday night, we also had a Saturday morning meeting, but come the Saturday night, the kids were like, Pastor Mike, can you do that again? Like it was some great party trick or something. And uh, that's what I love about kids. They're just so, they're just so innocent. They just think there's something they do. Yeah, exactly. I was laughing. And, uh, and so then on Sunday morning, we had another awesome meeting. And, um, man, we had, we had kids, just one, one kid in particular, Reuben Cash. And uh, he had an open vision on that Saturday morning. And you could just see him. He was just standing there looking up with his eyes open. And uh, he was just looking up. And, and we said, what are, what are you looking at? He said, I can see two angels standing right there at the, where the front of the... Uh, the hall that we were having the meeting in. I was like, what do they look like, man? Just clothed in, in white, you know, just just face just shining with, with a great smile. And, you know, how big were they? And they're like, oh, well, you know, they're huge, you know, and uh, bigger than me anyway. And uh, and so, you know, they were standing there, man. And he, he was, you could just tell just the impact that I had on him. Then he turned around to look at the back and he saw another angel standing there clothed in diamonds. And, uh, and it was just amazing just to see and just to hear him testify about that. Man, oh, I don't ever see anything like that and uh, man but to see these kids you know because just they're just hungry they got no they got no insecurities they got no none of this whole thing i've got to be cool or anything like that they just let themselves totally go and god comes god comes and uh man so we're just over the whole weekend there was encounters like that and uh to, even to the point on that friday night especially the girls were so impacted by the love of god that they were up talking to the leaders in their dorms just about this, just the circumstances and the situations that they're going through at school, being bullied, being hassled, the hassles that they're having with their parents, which was awesome. It just enabled our leaders just to be able to speak into them and just pray for them, and you know, as opposed to all the joking around and eating lollies and laughing that can go on at night. And uh, so it was just, the tone was just set. And, uh, and then last night was just a real great, you know, fear broken off kids' lives. And, uh, you know, one girl in particular was just going for it full-time, just had to take her out and just pray for her, had fear totally broken off her life, and, and just other ones just, you know, just just coming into real uh, freedom in themselves, and uh, and so, man, I just, I just want to thank Pastor Mike, you know, for being available to come out, and uh, honestly, <laughs> and the best best uh, camp we've ever had, you know, and uh, and it's from, we didn't have to bring anyone in from anywhere in the world, we've got to have them right here, so uh, it was awesome. Wonderful, praise the Lord, what a great job, the kids church team are doing that they've got children that are open to God right from the very beginning I love that it's really you know of all the things I've always hungered for more than anything it's the presence of God never taken for granted never ever taken for granted we need to learn how to open our heart and many adults can't do that we've got too much control or too much stuff in the way to learn how to just become like a little child 
That's what the Bible says. If, unless you become as a little child, and say be a little child or silly or childish, it says rather become like a little child, which is open and receptive. And uh, as we become open and receptive and just let the walls of our heart come down. I noticed even with one, two children, they had quite strong control and fear built around their life. But, you know, as we decide in our heart that we're going to actually come near to God and open up and remove the barriers. A lot of the barriers that adults have are self-consciousness. What will people think of me? Uh, who cares? You know, they're going to think it anyway. So why worry about that? You know, don't let, don't let what someone's thinking determine your destiny. That's a crazy thing. So we need to be willing to just allow our heart to open up to the Lord and be able to celebrate Him, rejoice in Him. You know, David, I love about David, he was absolutely unashamed of his expressions before God, to thank him and rejoice. And we had a blast with the young ones. They, the laughter came. <laughs> it was hilarious. I was a bit concerned because, you know, it's the first night of camp, and we've got about 80 kids all crying. I'm thinking, I can't go home and leave them all like this. this is, they say, what happened the first time? Hey, Mom, get me home. You know, and because uh, often when children don't understand why they're crying, they don't understand what's happening to them. And uh, so I, well, we just needed to get them just to move from one experience of God into another. And uh, I didn't want to leave more crying there. Uh, a lot of them didn't understand, you know, that I just talked to them about what's in us will always find a way out. We'll always find a way. It comes out on our face. We see it on the face. We see it. Uh, it comes out through the words we speak, comes out in what we do. But somehow what's in us will always come out. And so we were just talking to them about how as we make room for God to come in, as we make room for the Spirit of God, then things will come out of our life. Things will naturally come out of our life. We talked about what happens, and, and tears are just a language. They're a form of expressing something that's going on inside. And so a lot of the children were crying. They didn't, realize, they didn't even know why they're crying initially. And uh, they, it just took probably a couple of sessions to help them connect what they're feeling with actually God doing something. Because as we were sharing with them, you can't see God, but you can actually feel and experience and see what He's doing or what He's done. And so you've got to keep your eye out for what He's doing, not just get caught up in all the experiences. You actually, you can't see the Holy Spirit, but we can, with the eye of faith, begin to understand what He's doing and position ourselves to cooperate with that. So, so in flowing in the meeting, actually, uh, and I appreciate uh, Steve's words of uh, honor, but, you know, it's actually not really that hard. It's actually just feeling what God is doing and just saying, yes, I, I'll work with your agenda rather than have my own plan and stick with my own plan. And so as we just began, so I looked around too in the worship, all these children, were, you can see tears starting to come down their eyes and starting to feel the love of God. Well, if God is one who love people, then we want to love people too. So we just do with what God's doing. Jesus said, what I see the Father doing is what I do. It's not really all that hard. It's so easy. In fact, even a young kid can actually do that. So they began to experience, began to weep, and so they began to talk, well, what's happening is as you feel God loving you, you've got to find a way of expressing it, and your body expresses it sometimes by tears. And, and you see these children were just tears flowing down them as they began to experience and feel the love of God. See, one thing to read, God loves me, is another thing to feel it. When you feel it, then it's some experience that you can keep going back to and back to and back to. You can begin to remember what you were doing, what was happening, and as you begin to remember, the feelings of it begin to arise again, and then you can begin to start to encounter the Lord through that same experience again. That's why it's so powerful for us to have experiences with God. A lot of people, you know, write off experiences and overemphasize just the mind, but actually we have to actually balance up renewing our mind with also experiencing what God has for us. And so we just began to talk, and as I began to prophesy, I began to put words to what God said, then you could see the kids, not just the ones I was praying for, but others began to start to get touched as well. Because as they heard God speaking encouragement into these ones that I was praying over, then it also stirred in their own heart their own struggle. So when God is beginning to speak, His words seem to bring a life into the atmosphere. It's amazing. So I just said, well, God, you've got to help me. I don't want to go away tonight and all the kids all cry. So uh, anyway, we're just quieting them all down a little bit and say, man, God wants to do different things, different things. See, sometimes we just get locked in God doing one thing. And God's really creative, so he can do lots of things. And so we just began to talk to him, well, let, let's see if God can do other things or do other things in our midst. And uh, I was trying to teach them how to uh, begin to respond when God is doing different things. So if he's loving us, well, let's just open our heart to receive his love. 
But if he wants to do something different, then stop trying to do that and don't go back there to that. Begin to hear what God's doing now and respond to that. So that's quite, it's sort of actually not really, really, it's not rocket science, is it? Right? Not really, you don't have to be smart and go to university to get all that kind of stuff. You just got to be open in your heart and responsive. And in that sense, like a little child or just open to what God's doing and delighted with God. Sometimes we get to lose our delight with God. But the Bible says if we will delight in Him, right, then He will give us the desires of our heart. And so desires and destiny are unlocked as we begin to delight in the Lord. So we just began to and talk, and, and the Lord had been putting a scripture on my heart for probably about the last couple of weeks. And uh, it comes out of 1 Peter 1. It goes something like this. Uh, Whom not having seen, yet you love. How about that? Not having seen Jesus, we just love him. Okay? And uh, I said, and you rejoice with joy unspeakable, or you rejoice or you celebrate, or you leap on the inside, you leap with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And what he's saying is, as we believe, as we put our trust in the Lord, there can be a release of joy in our life. And I've been, I've been singing that scripture and praying that scripture and laughing that scripture every day as I come in and out to work. And, uh, and so I just began to talk about it. And next thing you know, they're starting to laugh. Well, it just broke out. And, and uh, it just was everywhere. And uh, they were just rolling around. And in the end, we had, we had about 80 of them all down on the ground, all rolling around, absolutely fair, screaming with laughter. And so we encouraged them uh, to get to pray. We got to pray for all the leaders as well. <laughs> uh, well, that was great. When we got to pray for all the leaders, I said, let's see if we can huff and puff and blow them down. And so we got them all in the crowd. <laughs> we got them all. And you see, for adults, adults have got problems with all this. You know, adults really have got issues with all of this. But the kids don't have any trouble doing it all. They all stretch their hands out to I don't know where they got all those. Man, you had so many adults out there. I don't know where they all come from. There were heaps of them out there. But, you know, the power of God just come on. The whole lot went down. They began to roll around laughing. And there was joy. See, joy, tremendous joy. But, you know, and then the kids want to go back there the next day. They say, well, you got to, that's fine. Let's go back there and have some fun. But, you know, let's move forward. There's other things God wants you to have as well. So if you just lock in and one thing God did, you can't move forward to experience new things. And so God is, you know, the Bible says his mercies are new every day. So every something's new for every day. So let's be open to the new things that God wants to do, eh? Let God do some new things. <laughs> do some new things in your life. How open would you be to new things, though? Or is your mind sort of set? This is how God works. I come to church, this is what God does. Listen, it's not like that at all. It's actually, I never quite know what will happen when I come to a meeting. Sometimes I'm crying as I come here. Sometimes I'm laughing as I come here. Sometimes I'm just still as I come here. Sometimes I'm really praying loud in tongues. There's all kinds of different ways of expressing what we're feeling with God. He's, he's you know, it's fantastic. <laughs> so you need to learn to rejoice. Now, the Bible tells us to rejoice. And the word rejoice is a word for leaping up and twirling around and getting excited. Now, that's a bit of the opposite of the old Kiwi staunch thing, isn't it, eh? Right? Kiwi staunch is completely opposite to actually being able to rejoice and celebrate. But I've watched staunch Kiwis absolutely lose it at a football match. I've kind of got to watch them. You look at them and you see them and absolutely gone berserk. I've seen my brothers-in-law in front of a television when, you know, when the All Blacks are playing. And I didn't watch the TV. I wasn't watching the game. I was watching them. Oh, that's a sight to behold. You know, these conservative people not even filled with the Holy Ghost. And then they're, they're, they're jumping up in their seats and screaming and yelling. And I thought, well, why can't you do that for the Lord, you know? I could, yes! Oh, yes! You know, someone can say, yes! Excited, you know. So, see, what do you think? Well, you don't have to feel anything to get excited. You don't have to feel anything at all. The Bible says there's joy inside us. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, right standing, right relationship, can be connected with God, getting short accounts with the sin, righteous peace inside because we're right with God. Then joy of the Holy Ghost. You say, oh, I don't feel joyful. Well, you don't have to be joy. You don't have to feel it. You've got to rejoice. Yes. Just there's joy inside you. You've got to give expression to it. You want to learn to do it. You know, you want to learn to do it sometime. Just run around and, yes. I did it the other day in the staff room. And they're not because, and they all said, who, what's up? Well, I said, well, nothing's up. I'm just rejoicing. Full of joy. It's got to come out of you somewhere, doesn't it? Well, you got to, <laughs> some of you really need to loosen up like that. 
We can't contain the joy. I think I want to share some things that just help you tonight. And uh, that's probably helped you already. I'll give you something else that'll help you. See? I learn to become expressive. So anytime you see anyone who's a bit slack, just go encourage them to get involved. Get involved. Be part of it. Just really stir up yourself on the inside. Huh? You'd be surprised when you walk down the street and you're just grinning and smiling and happy how it changes people. You'd be amazed what it does to people. I want you to open your Bible with me. I'm just going to pick up where I was this morning and, and uh, share some things about, I, I want to share a little bit about agreement. not going to give a big teaching. I just want to share just a few things on it. And the first of all, just going to look in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And uh, <clears throat> we're not, we're, what I want to do is just talk to you a little bit about agreement. I want to ask you the question this. What are you in agreement with? Now, I'll give you a little statement that the Lord just spoke to me today while I was waiting on Him, just worshiping Him. He said, the words that we come into agreement with and speak forth create our destiny. How about that? I'm still a bit stunned by that. I'm thinking about that more and more every time I say it. The words that we come into agreement with and then begin to speak forth create and shape our future and our destiny. How about that? Words that we come into agreement with. Now, I want to just show you something, and uh, we're just going to pick up a couple of things. I want to look at two areas of agreement. What we, who we're agreeing. Are we agreeing with demons, or are we agreeing with the Spirit of the Lord? Okay, are you ready? I want to have a look, first of all, in Genesis 1, 26. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle of the earth, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Okay, now we see how God has made us to be spirit beings and assigned us a purpose in the earth to bring something into the earth. He's called us to be his ambassadors, to represent him in the earth, and to bring something from heaven into the earth that will change and form and shape the world around us. And so we're made in the image of God. We're a spirit being with access to the realm of the spirit. And we have also the capacity to live in a physical world and to begin to shape it. And that is God's plan. It's not that you just get born and have a life, but rather through relationship with Him, you shape the world around you. You don't just let it be the way you found it, but you enter it with a desire to bring dominion. Dominion means not that you're bossing everyone around. Dominion in this sense means that what God has planned or destined or His will, you are going to bring that into the earth so the earth becomes shaped by your influence. That's awesome, isn't it, eh? See, and so we see, and our, how, we're made in this image, so we're going to operate like God. So the Bible tells us how God formed the earth. It said the Spirit of God was moving, and then God spoke the Word. The Word was spoken. And when a Word was spoken, the Spirit of God moved, and things were created. Now, we are able to create and shape what's happening around us by coming into agreement with what God says and beginning to give voice to it and live it out in the earth. Now, you are giving voice to something. In Proverbs, it tells us, I'll get the right one of Proverbs so you've got it. Proverbs chapter 18, uh, 18 verse 21. That's the one. Proverbs 18 and verse 21. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat the fruit of it. In other words, words that we speak have consequences. Fruit. Words that you speak and declare have an impact on you, the people around you, and on your life. And you're going to eat the fruit of it. So some of you right now are eating the fruit of words that you or someone spoke a long time ago. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33 and 34, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever words you've got in your heart, you're going to give voice to them somehow, it's going to overflow. See, I was sharing with the young ones, and it's pretty obvious, you know, if there's sadness in your heart, it's going to come out on your face and eventually you'll talk about it. 
If there's uh, anger in your heart, then it's going to come out on your face, your countenance. You know, God said to, uh, to Cain, how come your countenance is cast down? Or why are you so angry? Why does your face look so angry? So whatever's in it's going to come out some way. And the first place is on the countenance. Second place is through the words. And so uh, whatever's inside us will find expression. Why? Because you're designed to bring expressions of God into the earth. But when we're separated from God or we let other things fill our heart, they will express in the earth. Pretty, pretty simple, isn't it, really? Now listen. Your words can impart death. They can release something that kills, destroys, robs of vitality in life. Or your words can bring a creative aspect that imparts life, lifts up, and builds up both to yourself and to the people around you. And the key thing is this. What words are you in agreement with in your heart? Whatever you believe in your heart, you'll begin to give utterance to, and it will determine where your life goes. That's why in Proverbs uh, 4.23 it says, uh, guard your heart or diligently watch over your heart because out of what's in your heart are all the rivers or expressions of your life. Now, of course, sometimes we don't know what's quite in our heart. But if we begin to watch what we're speaking, we will begin to find what our heart has come into agreement with. If I want to get saved, for example, suppose I've been born in this world, I'm not walking with God, I'm just doing my own thing, trying the best I can, and I begin to hear the gospel of how Jesus came into this world, how he expressed the life of God, how he, he, he confronted sin, confronted demons, and then how he went to the cross and he died to break the power and the penalty of my sins, and God raised him from the dead. When I hear that message, and I believe it in my heart, and begin to speak it with my mouth, Heaven's power, the Spirit of God, is released into me to change my eternal destiny. Now look at this. I can have an eternal destiny in hell. I can have an eternal destiny in heaven. And what changes that, what turns me from one to another, is the words I agree with in my heart and give expression to with my mouth. It is really important what is in your heart and what's in your mouth. Okay? So, at the point when a person in their heart embraces God's words, God's words give us the true perspective of life. God's words are higher than our words. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So, He gives expression to life. Now, so my Christian walk begins when I agree with God's words and I begin to speak God's words. And the Bible says in Hebrews 3, 1, Jesus, the high priest of my confession, or what I'm agreeing with with God, that word confession is to speak the same as what God is saying. When I speak the same as what God is saying about sin and salvation, then power is released that changes my destiny, and I got a totally new destiny. Now, that is how we started. That is how we continue. That is how we walk the walk of faith. My challenge after I've got saved is to begin to discover God's words and come into agreement in my heart with God's words, embrace them as a friend, meditate on them, let them become in my heart and begin to speak them out of my mouth and they begin to release something in my life. I'm amazed how careless people are with their words. You know, the Bible tells us, be careful because you are snared by the words of your mouth. You see, you, you act as, you, suppose you speak words to act as a guarantor for someone's loan. The Bible says in Proverbs, you're snared by the words of your mouth. Go and cancel that thing quickly or you're in trouble. And many a person has given a verbal guarantee or given a written guarantee that they would be a, a, a surety or they would back up someone's loan. And then the person defaulted on the loan, they left and they're snared by their words. Now their words have come back, and they have to pay the price for the careless words that were speaking, spoken. So the Bible tells us, don't be, be got to be careful with your words. Careful with what's coming out of your mouth. It's beginning to shape your world. I listen to some people talk. You know what happened? You hear them, and they're very, very negative. All the time, they're negative. And you know that their heart is in agreement, not with God. Their heart is in agreement with something else. Very, very important. Now, listen, you can come into agreement with demons and not even know it. And you can find yourself expressing demonic thoughts, not even realizing 
you are becoming an agent for hell to enter earth. Think about that. Let me just show you a scripture, and I, I'll give it to you. I, won't, I don't want to open it too much because it's, it's quite a teaching of its own, and I just wanted, but I just wanted you to see the thing here in Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28. Isaiah verse 20, chapter 28. Here it is here. And it says in verse 15, and uh, verse 15, I want you to see a simple thing here, and then we're going to look at just one other thing, finish up. Okay, it says, because you have said, we have, made an, we have made a covenant with death, and with hell we're in agreement, when the overflowing scourge or when judgment comes through, it will not come to us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Now, what they're saying essentially is this. The core of it, really, just to get it very simple, is this. It said that instead of embracing the truth, people found refuge and comfort in a lie. In other words, they embraced a lie about their circumstance. Now, it's very easy for us to believe lies. The Bible says the devil is the father of lies. For example... Suppose someone, when you're very, very young, begins to speak over you, you're no good, you're a failure. They can say those words, and the words will hurt, the words sting you, and you, 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 emotionally they hurt you and wound you, and they begin to have an effect. But the moment you agree with them, now they have a resting place. You have agreed with a lie. You're not a failure. No one can be a failure. You can have failures. You can't be a failure. Failure is an event. It's something that happens. But I am not a failure. I'm a person made in the image of God. Now, I may be separated from God, but I'm still a person in the image of God. I'm not a failure. I'll never be a failure. That's not who I am. But if I come into agreement with that lie, if I begin to hold that lie in and begin to agree in my heart with it, I empower spirits to work and operate to ensure that lie then is expressed through all of my life. Think about that. Think about that. Death is a spirit. It's a spiritual power. It causes people to become lonely, isolated, numbed in their emotions, and feeling separated all the time from people around them. Hell is a power which torments people with fears and insecurities and all kinds of stressful things. But they are demonic spirits, eh? And so when I agree with a lie, when I believe what the devil says to me, I then empower a demon to come into my life and begin to operate in my life and express and magnify and develop that lie until it becomes a major aspect of my life. And many people say, I'm a failure. And you say, why am I a failure? Why do you say I'm a failure? Well, because look at all my life, all the stuff that happened. And then you go back and you find out that years ago they came into agreement with a lie and then it began to find its expression through their life, through their words, their attitudes, and everything they did. That's why the Bible says, after we've come to Christ, we must continually present our life, every part of us, our thoughts, our imagining, our heart, and be renewed in our thinking so we might outwork in our life God's will for us. So, so I can come into agreement with demons, and then they are empowered to express themselves through my life. You get some people, uh, they, uh, they, they, they embrace the lies of self-pity. They embrace the lies of rejection. Rejection is a feeling, a very painful feeling. Rejection is an experience we have. Rejection is a spirit that comes against us. Rejection is also a lie that I can believe. So if I have an experience where I'm rejected and the devil sows a lie in and I agree with the lie, I now empower the demon to enter and begin to work this out through me. And I will begin to express it in a many different kind of ways through my life. Because my mandate and your mandate is to express God's dominion, the kingdom of God in the earth. But to express that, I have to agree with Him. And when I agree with the words of God, the Spirit of God is able to find an expression through my life. But if I agree with the words of a demon, then the demon can find its expression through my life. 
They know that. That's why they work that way. They sow thoughts and doubts. Sometimes your mind can be so filled with pressure thoughts. When you come into agreement with it, then it's empowered. So we have to learn how to break agreements in our heart with demons. If you've agreed in your heart and believed a lie, I'm a failure. No one, I'll never be good enough. You know, that was a, that was a lie. I was in agreement for many, many, many years. It didn't seem that no matter what I did, it was ever good enough. And that's part of being in a situation where someone's a perfectionist. So no matter what you do, it's never quite good enough. There's always something else you need to do. And so after a while, I got to believe nothing I do is ever good enough. What I was looking for was approval. What was coming was criticism and fault-finding. And in my heart, I began to believe the lie, well, I will never be good enough. Nothing I do will ever be good enough. And that had dramatic effects on me all my life until I got to grips with it. It wasn't that long ago either. Not as long as you'd think. Until I actually realized that I had come into agreement with a demonic lie. And I had to break and cancel that agreement with a lie, repent of it. I had to release forgiveness where words have been spoken to me. I had to cancel the agreement with a lie and begin to embrace the truth, meditate in the truth, and begin to give confession and expression to the truth. I am good enough because Christ has made me accepted. Okay? Now, you see, if that, now, you know the Scripture, but listen, knowing the Scripture is one thing. Having the Scripture living in your heart and you're in agreement with it is another. And you see, we have to be in agreement with what God says. In Hebrews 11, the men of faith, I think verse 32 or something like that, it says, it says something like this. It goes like this. It says that about the men of faith, it said, who saw the promises of God afar off. So the first thing when you see the Word of God is it feels like it's afar off or removed from your experience. But then it says, they were persuaded that what God said He was able to do. And they embraced what God said. So you notice, embracing means like reaching out and putting your arms around the words of God because they bring life to you, holding them into your heart. Now initially, when you reach out to the words of God, they seem strange. They seem weird because they're not your experience. They see they're afar off. So when God begins to speak into your destiny, I spoke to someone today. And I spoke some words of encouragement. And the moment I did, I could see the heart belief rise up and manifest on the face. And you could feel then their spirit shut down. Why? Because they had believed a lie. When I spoke the truth, it caused a reaction inside. Now, what that person needed to do was abandon the agreement with the lie, embrace the truth, begin to speak the truth, begin to meditate in the truth till the truth became established in the heart and then they would experience that being outworked by the Spirit of God. So there is a process. Recognizing where I've come into agreement with a lie, canceling the power of the lie, speak words to cancel the lie, beginning to meditate and embrace that Word of God, embracing it until it fits into my heart and it stays in my heart, and that's more real to me than what I feel, what I see, what I'm going through. It says, having seen the promise afar off, they were persuaded that God was able to do it. In other words, they were persuaded God was faithful. What He said is reliable. So they embraced it. Then it says they confessed. They began to homologio, speak the same thing as God about themselves. And then they began to walk it out in their life. And that's the process of faith. Faith always speaks. Listen, I can be around you a few minutes. I can tell whether you're in a place of faith or not. Doesn't take long. It's going to be on your face and it'll be in your countenance. It'll be in your words. So let me ask you tonight then, what are you in agreement concerning yourself? Are you in agreement with a demonic lie so demons are empowered to give expression in your life? Or are you in agreement with the words that God has to say about you? You are meditating on them, renewing your mind in them, confessing them, and, and acting on those words. What are you doing? We're having a season in the church of fasting. Is fasting off negativity. Now, fasting off negativity is much more 
than trying to stop talking negatively. You see, if I just try and stop talking negatively, it's missing the point. See, what's coming out of my mouth is a fruit. You can't just keep plucking off the weeds at the top. You've got to get the root out. The root is what's underground. And so the words, when you start to fast off negative words, what you're going to find is that those negative words have got a root in your heart, and it's the root in your heart you've got to get out. And that word repentance, changing my agreement with it, changing my mind and thoughts towards it, and coming into agreement with God and abandoning the other, that's what repentance is about. And Jesus said, repent so the benefits, privileges, experiences of the kingdom can be yours and find expression through you. So what do you believe about yourself? Ask yourself, what do I really believe? What am I saying? What am I living out? Okay? I mean, someone was saying today, they're making some kind of comment about the bright shirt. I said, yeah, you've got to be secure to be able to wear one like this. Huh? See, why not? I don't care what anyone there, I wear what I like. Do you understand? It's you actually got to have security that's internal, not dependent on what's around you. You've actually got to have the words of God planted and rooted inside you. So our experiences with God lead us to then embrace His truth. As we embrace His truth and we begin to express it, we begin to have experiences with God. It's like a cycle. Now, I remember one time, I'll finish with this. I remember one time when I was struggling with some issues, a man of faith, a powerful man in the Holy Ghost, just in a meeting, this is what I remember him saying. He said, if you had an area of your life that was a stronghold or a block for you, affecting everything that was happening in your life, all your relationships, everything you did, would it not be worth it taking that on until you can break through it and all the rest of your life would be changed. If it was a week or two weeks or three weeks or six months, wouldn't it be worth breaking through it so that all the rest of your life would be different? And on that basis, I went home and I spent time working on myself, on thoughts I had about myself until I experienced and encountered the Lord. Before I experienced Him, I had to abandon my agreement with a lie begin to embrace the truth, meditate in the truth, welcome it like a friend, hugging it and seeing it and picturing it until my heart welcomed it. And the day my heart welcomed it, I felt the demonic realm shift around me and I encountered the Lord and I've carried what I've encountered everywhere I've gone in the world. See? What are you in agreement with? Let's just close our eyes right now. Father, we thank you that you desire us to express the kingdom of heaven in the earth. And we recognize tonight that often we give expression to other things, to self-pity, to doubt, to fear, to anger, to hurt, to a victim mentality, to being offended. There's so many things. But tonight, Lord, we hear your voice speaking to us. It's time to sanctify and set ourselves apart because of the things you want to do in our life in these coming days. Lord, we ask that you would uncover the lies that we've been in agreement with so we can cancel their power and begin to receive your words into our heart. Just while our eyes are closed and heads are bowed, perhaps as some of you, and the lie you're in agreement with is, I'll never be good enough. See, that's something you need to cancel. Maybe there's some of you, the lie you're in agreement with is, I'm a failure, I can never do anything right. Maybe for some of you, the lie you're in agreement with is, no one really could love someone like me, I'm unlovable. Maybe the lie you're in agreement with is, no one cares about me, I'm on my own. Maybe the lie you're agreeing with and starting to agree with is, well, I'd be better off, be better off for everyone if I died and was out of here. You know, when people come into agreement with these thoughts, they become troubled, become oppressed, and demons oppress them. We want to be in agreement with God. Perhaps there's some of you and you have doubts about your standing with God. Well, I'm never good enough for God. 
when you need to break your agreement with that lie, Christ is your righteousness. If you can trust him, you can be perfectly right with God and enjoy him. Perhaps for some of you, you're overwhelmed with fear. If I open my life to genuine relationship, I'll be hurt. That's a lie. It's a part truth. All relationships leave us vulnerable, of course, but it's only a part of the truth. Because following on that is, I'll never open my heart to anyone. They'll just hurt me. And that is a lie. See, what is it that the Spirit of God is showing you you're in agreement with? Now, if you're not sure, then just determine that you're going to begin to fast for a little period of time. You're going to fast and you're going to ask God to show you what in my heart have I come into agreement with that's a lie that stops me fulfilling my potential. And Lord, I want to break that lie right at its root. How do you break it at its root? Ask the Spirit of God to show you where and how it got established. Forgive the people involved. Maybe it's a sin, something you've done. You feel so guilty about it. God could never could forgive me. Listen, just break that agreement with the lie. Jesus has already forgiven. you just got to receive it. Whatever it is, cancel the agreement with the lie. and Begin to meditate and embrace, speak the truth, and begin to start to run your life as a person who has that truth living in them. Meditate in it. Imagine what that truth feels like to be forgiven, accepted, loved, enjoying the presence. Meditate. Hold it into your heart until it becomes an experience for you. Father, I just thank you right now that you're touching people. Listen, if God has been speaking to you about something you're in agreement with, it's a lie. Why don't you just quickly raise your hand right now, just as a sign to the Lord. I'm not going to ask you to come up and get prayer. God bless, God bless. Hands going up all over. God bless, God bless. I don't want you to come up and get prayer. That's not going to solve it completely for you. What is needed is you take responsibility for what you've embraced and begin to embrace the truth. Say amen. Say amen. Can I say amen? Say amen. Some of you, say, some of you have just come into agreement with these things, you know, that just they, they changed your life. And cancel the agreements. I'm a child of God. I'm born by the Spirit of God. I'm called and I have a destiny to influence my community. I have gifts this world needs. I have something to give to the people around me. I'm a child filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the joy of the Lord. I'm going to express that life. Listen, let the truth get alive. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Yes, free. Free to be yourself. Free to express the life of God. Free to make a difference. Come on, let's stand. Let's give Jesus Christ a wonderful honoring clap tonight. He came to set us free. Come on.